Hello, and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Uh, I am Matthew Whitby, and this is a uh, weekly podcast that sort of allows me to sit down with some of the amazing creators of the DMs Guild and sort of chat about their design process and uh, how they continue to be amazing. Um, this week, I am very fortunate to be joined by um, Ashley May. Thank you very much for joining me. Hi, thank you for inviting me. No, it's 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 always a pleasure. I'm I'm always happy when people uh, sort of agree to put an hour aside to put up with me and my many <laughs> many my many questions. Um, so first question off the bat, um, if people aren't too familiar, um, what sort of products on the DMs Guild would would they know you for? So uh, probably my most well-known project at this point is festivals, feasts, and fairs, and second to that would be the Lover's Handbook. I'm very much a fluff and culture writer. I, I love to do things that there's, there's a lot of crunch in D and D. There's there a lot of, a lot of great mechanics. There's some people out there making some amazing new systems and spells and subclasses. But I love the things that don't necessarily hinge on a dice roll, or the things that help uh, DMs explain their world or expand on their world or make things feel more alive. So that's really where I like to focus my efforts. So I'm curious as well. So are these um, do these sort of products the um, stem from uh, things you use as a DM, or is it more the case of like you just have uh, an appreciation for these things and you would like to sort of again put this knowledge in the hands of other DMs? Uh, it kind of comes from two different directions. Uh, I, I do just have an appreciation for that kind of thing. I enjoy writing it, but I cut my teeth on freeform role-playing games on internet relay chat, and boy, does that tell my age. <laughs> but I, from when I was like 12, I was playing in these channels where there were no systems to anything. You only ever rolled a dice to like solve a dispute but everything was about the storytelling so to me ways to help describe things way to help move the story ways to help flesh out a world that's what i feel passionate about okay so I, i'm curious as well so the, the next question leads into is like so how long have you sort of been publishing this stuff out on the dm's guild i believe i started in i want to say june of 2017 okay so it's, it's was it yeah coming up to like Two, two, nearly, nearly three years now. So far. Uh, no, sorry, twenty eighteen. Okay, it would be yeah. June of twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was sitting here in my head, going, "That math's not right." Like, mm -hmm. I know I'm not good at math, but that math's not right. <laughs> well, I mean, like when when it, I, I suppose it's 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 the um and and also, actually that's that's a, what was the first product you pushed out on the DMs Guild? <laughs> okay. So the first product I put out on the DMs Guild is no longer on the DMs Guild. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, so I wrote a book, a uh, little bit of a chung in, tongue in, the, pardon me, mm -hmm. tongue in cheek title called "The Best Little Whorehouse in D and D." Okay, nice. <laughs> I, I, so I, the whole, okay. The whole point of the book was to be able to have. Uh, there's the running joke of party walks into a town downtime activities what do you guys want to do where's the brothel yeah well i wanted to write a way that people could handle that tastefully so mm -hmm. that you could for one thing portray characters who were sex workers as more than just a a cheesy joke on the yeah. side and i wanted to create something so that people could write these instances and know how to handle it not get creepy about it not feel awkward about it i wanted to create that tool so that people could handle these things tastefully Unfortunately, 
at the time, when you upload a product on DMs Guild as a holdover from DriveThruRPG, there was a little box you could click that said adult content. So mm -hmm. I assumed that was fine. Mm -hmm. There was nothing in the rules at the time that said I couldn't. So I uploaded it and it sold like hotcakes for about two days and then it vanished. Oh. And I went through like the stages of grief, the denial, the bargaining, the anger, all that. And finally, I just went, all right, you know what? I'm just going to rewrite all of this in OGL and strip out everything that's Wizards of the Coast. I'm going to put this back up on DriveThruRPG. Hint, hint, you can get it on DriveThruRPG. <laughs> um, and after that, I, I kind of was like, all right, I'm not going to let this knock me down. And I went on to write uh, The Hungover Adventure Guide. Ah. Which is, all right, so your party went to the tavern, they had way too much fun, they wake up the next day and find out what trouble they got into uh, so while lot, they were the, blackout drunk. That's all, yeah, the hangover story, it lightens up, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, so, I, so I, I get, it, it's kind of interesting, the, I, I, sorry, let me get my words straight. Uh, did, did, did the DMs go send you a notification or anything, letting you know that your product was removed, or was it just like... Yes, they did. Okay, cool. They, they gave you some um, warning. I logged in. Well, I noticed first when I logged in and I checked the site to see if there was any comments or any reviews and it mm -hmm. was just not there. So I checked my email and then I got, saw the notification from them saying, hey, we've had to pull your product down. Um, they were actually very nice about it. They were very nice about going, hey, we understand that, of course, we have the rules of once you put something on our site, you can't post it anywhere else. But we understand, we, we want to smooth this over. You can't have it on DMs Guild, but we will let you rewrite it and put it on DriveThruRPG. Okay. So all things considered, I, I really can't begrudge them for it. It was just kind of an oversight of rules, kind of a thing that they've now fixed. Yeah. There is no adult content button anymore. Uh, so, so, so do you want, you were the, you were the instigator. You, you oh, the... yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was absolutely the, the one stirring that problem up. So it, it, it's, what is it? Uh, years, to, years to come, you can say, yeah, you've definitely left your mark on the DMs Guild. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> for for one, of, one of many reasons, I hope. Uh, uh, hey, if they have to add a new rule for you, you've left your mark. <laughs> <laughs> they can't take it back. Um, so, so I'm curious as well. So, so with the the um, the products like the the lovers handbook and stuff, like that, how how do, you, how do you go go about with like how how do you start a product like this and stuff? Like that? Just because coming from like an adventure background, I I I, I can I, I, there's a start and an end to an adventure. To these sort of I guess. Um, I don't know how to categorize uh, this. I, you mentioned it's sort of the fluff content. I call it fluff. Fluff. Fluff is, fluff is just my general blanket term for the kind of things that I love to write most. Um, the Lover's Handbook came about, like I said, I got my start in freeform role-playing game, which is all narrative, all character interaction, all role-playing with individuals, very little DM oversight over most of those things. And of course, you have storytelling, you have people playing your characters, romances do come up. And I have seen some fantastic ones role played over the years. I've also seen some terrible ones role played over the years. I've had people who got weird or creepy or awkward. Uh, I've had people who decided to play a character and then horrendously mishandled that character. And it's like all of a sudden the, they turn into a character would be introduced specifically to be a love interest for another character, and that was the extent of their character development. Okay. So 
I, I realized that a lot of people have issues with like, okay, I want to have this level of drama in my game. I want to have these interactions. I want to introduce love interests, but I don't want to make things weird. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure that they're a, a character that could stand on their own. Even if I am creating them for this purpose, I still want them to have depth beyond that. And that's where the lover's handbook comes into play. And I also made a pay what you want player facing version mm -hmm. called the lover's guidebook player edition. That is both a, here's how to get into romantic role play without being weird. And also here's how to handle it. If somebody gets weird with you, mm -hmm. like how to talk with them, how to go to your DM about these kind of things, how to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. That's just uh, kind of where it came from. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting as well to hear that you're, you're talking about a process that essentially stems outside the the D and D world, and you're sort of bringing in these sort of into. Um, I'm I'm curious. Uh, have you had the Have you had the sort of experience to sort of try and use um, some of your own sort of fluff tools within D and D yourself? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I haven't had as much DMing experience as I'd like to have, but I'm actually currently running a campaign for some friends right now. And I'm already kind of looking at ways that I can weave stuff into the campaign yeah. that I've, I've done some fluff writing on. So right. I don't want to spoil just in case any of them decide to watch this interview, but I've got a few things coming. Yeah. It's, it, like I said, you're not going to let them know which, um, which product of yours you're bringing in. So there's, there's at least like a, a, um, a spectrum it could be on. It may not even be one published yet. Whoa. They might be my test crowd. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, no, so I'm okay. So when it comes to sort of starting to write one of these products or just any of your products, um, where, where do you, where do you, where does your ideas stem from? Where, with? I get ideas from everywhere. I am, <laughs> I'm actually currently working on a product that basically boils down to, I haven't written this yet. Um, yeah. Somebody had posted an adventure on a Facebook group. They're like, hey, I'm writing an adventure and it deals with these subjects. And I want to do a lot of tie-ins with other guild products. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to talk about uh, role-playing romances and drug and alcohol use and some carnival games and nobles and royalty and they listed like two or three other things and several people came in and tagged me and commented well that's basically just Ashley May's library <laughs> <laughs> so I went in and I was like okay for this point you want this book of mine for this point you want this book of mine and then I got to nobles and royalty I'm like I have nothing. I haven't <laughs> written anything on this. Why have I not written anything on this? So at that point, it just kind of became the challenge of now I have to write a book on nobles and royalty. You have to, you have to and take, that's take one of the, the things, that's one of the things currently on my docket right now. I'm curious as well. So when you um, sort of, you mentioned the idea of like, um, of, uh, with romance, you had the uh, brothels and then obviously the ideas of um, alcohol and drug abuse, or not drug abuse, substance use, very different. Mm -hmm. um, these they, they are i guess like i guess the best way to phrase it is like socially charged topics is mm -hmm. is like the, the but so so how do you how do you f find navigating that space because it sounds like um with at least the the brothels approach uh sorry the brothel product before it was removed um you clearly did your research and stuff like that you you you, mm -hmm. you tried to do it in a way that was as respectful as possible it seems wizards aren't on the same page <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> Well, I, I get why. The fact of the matter is, it there. I, I see it was information, not titillation. There was there was no really sexy art or anything like that in it. But at the same time, it's still very hard to talk about 
brothels and sex work without talking about an adult subject. So I completely get why it got pulled. Mm -hmm. They they kind of stick to a relatively PG-13 rating on the Guild, even if that's not something that they necessarily publicize. So I I fully understand now. Like, I was was upset at the time, but I completely (laughs) get it in retrospect. But as far as trying to handle sensitive subjects, the first thing is just acknowledging that it is a sensitive subject. And that they're also subjects that can be mishandled very frequently. If it was a subject that I thought got handled well, I wouldn't be writing a guide for it. So most of the time, um, things like uh, narcotics in a book called uh, Great Gilded Guilds that Isaac and I wrote together, it's basically about kind of shadowy underground guilds. And I have a, we have a chapter in there on narcotics. And even though it's a very small part of the book, I still put in a info box talking about, hey, this is a sensitive subject Mm -hmm. and you might be cool with it, but you also need to take into account the experiences that other people at your table may have had. For you, this may be drama and an extra layer to the story. For them, this might be dragging up something that may not be a comfortable thought. This may be something that they've had to deal with at some stage in their life, and you need to be very sensitive about how you approach this. I understand people not wanting to spoil things and like just outright approach your players and go, hey, I'm including this in the story. But if it's going to be something that's going to be a sensitive subject that could potentially upset somebody, you need to go to them up front and say, hey, I could have this kind of content in the game. Are you cool with that? So either approach people up front or have safety tools in play at your table so that people feel comfortable saying, whoa, whoa, yeah. red light, I'm not okay with this. It, it sounds like it's very much uh, these, these conversations that ideally happen in like a session zero. Mm-hmm. And, and especially, I imagine it, it could be like so handful, uh, helpful for DMs to be like, okay, we may be dealing with some of these terms and to hand them like hand their players like one of your products to be like this is this is you know not not um this is how we will approach these topics yeah. uh, i'm i'm curious um i i i guess the um I'm trying to think about um when it comes to writing these products in particular um is there is there like a favorite part to it that you enjoy most Oh gosh, uh, my favorite part is the first 90%. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, finishing anything is hard for me. It's always a struggle. The last 10% is a combination of me going, like it's it's the final trudge over the finish line, but there's also the me constantly going back going, oh, did I write enough on this section? Did I overdo that? I really wish I could have included that. And I will write the majority of a product in a week and then I'll spend two weeks on that last 90% of it just because it's, it's a struggle for me to, to bring it to a complete state. Um, less so now that I'm starting to get in more collaborations with other people because I'll stick to a deadline that I'm, where I'm responsible for getting to something to another person mm-hmm. way more than any deadline I set for myself. Yeah. I, I think it is, is the idea of like, once you bring other people into the equation, it's like, okay, well I need to, <laughs> that's the, uh, any sort of like pressures almost like 10 times. It's like, I could let myself down all the time. I'm yeah. letting down them. <laughs> I'm used to it. It's like, well, you, you're you going to ground me. I, like, what is it? I, yeah. I, I have you. Um, yeah, it's like, so what I, am I going to do? Not work with me anymore? Yeah. <laughs> You've got no choice. Um, so, so I'm curious as well. So the um, what was, I, I, I had the I had the question on the tip of my tongue. Um, so with the um, ten percent remaining, 
is it always does it seem to be always the same part of the project or is it always uh no never yeah. Because I've written so many projects that are so wildly different. It's not like I get to like the stat block phase and yeah. I bail or I get to like a specific part of it and bail. It's just that home stretch of signing off on things and going, this part is finished. Because I always want to look at it and go, oh, but I could work on that a little. Oh, I could flesh that out just, just a little bit more. So that's where I struggle. So I, I, remember, I, remember, I remember my question now. Um, with... With, uh, with, with some of the topics that you're, you're, you're tackling as well, I feel like you must do a lot of background research. Oh, yes. And I, I'm, I'm curious. Oh, about, yes. So, so how, how, how would you go about, like, again, I, I think, how do you walk the line between what is uh, historical to us and what would be suitable in, you know, a Forgotten Realms setting or a... Well, for one thing, it really helps. I've got a book right over here on my shelf. It's Ed Greenwood's Guide to the Forgotten Realms. I, I have the master himself saying, hey, here's how the Forgotten Realms work. Here's how nobility is. Here's, uh, we don't call it coffee. Here's the word for it here. And Ed's also an amazing uh, resource on Twitter. If you have any question about anything in the Forgotten Realms, he will answer it. And at this point, I kind of feel like if he doesn't already have it planned, you ask him the question and he now creates it for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's and that now becomes the canon. He will canonize <laughs> things for yeah. you. So to be able to look at the things that, that Ed has laid out, I can kind of get to pick and choose and go, okay, this feels like it suits the canon of the Forgotten Lord. This okay. feels like it's on the same level. Because the Forgotten Realms is very much a mishmash. There are mm -hmm. cultures all over the place. There are eras and timelines all over the place. So... To some extent, I just try to keep things relatively general. Mm -hmm. In my book on nobles and royalty, the, the biggest thing for me was just kind of realizing that serfdom is not a thing in the Forgotten Realms. Mm -hmm. um, the, the lowest levels of, of poverty and unwashed masses that you see in a lot of things like the, the Dark Ages mm -hmm. really aren't so much a thing in Forgotten Realms. People bathe. Like, it's not the, the filthy Middle Ages that a lot of people tend to think of, especially in gritty fantasy yeah. TV series. It's like, it's, it's a little bit nicer than yeah. that. Um, there's also the whole thing of, like, when you start having to, to think about a magic economy or a world that is heavily influenced by yeah. the fact that adventurers are prolific, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, as long as I'm loose enough and general enough with things it all flies. Okay. You can always find a way to fit it in somewhere. Yeah, I, I think that, 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 that's what is, uh, I, I like most about the, the, the Forgotten Realm setting is the fact that I think uh, some people do see it as potentially restricting, but there's, mm -hmm. there's so much wiggle room. Um, I think, what is it, you can get away with saying, oh, no, there's, 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 there's a, a demi-plane within oh, the Forgotten yeah. And it's like, oh, I can do whatever I want here. It's, it's mm -hmm. a whole sort of a separate plane of existence. Um, so uh, to, 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 to bring back, it back down to your sort of creative process then, uh, if, is the 10% that's sort of left behind is a fan, do you, is, is that hands down your least favorite part of the project? Or is there something across the thing that you just, you just is mandatory that you kind of have to do, but you don't necessarily enjoy? Um, I'll be honest, my, my, I usually don't do a lot of crunch. Like backgrounds are probably about the crunchiest thing that wind up going into most of my products. So things like trying to balance out a monster stat block, mm -hmm. 
Like I, I, I will spend days staring at things like that whole monster manual on a business card <laughs> or guides on how to balance CR. And I'm just like, no <laughs> so that's that's easily the part that i hate the most because i'll get these creative ideas for a monster and then i'm like like my, my husband's chair is right next to me so i'm like honey <laughs> help <laughs> but I, I imagine it's it's like a, a that's something that um when, when it's with isaac that's something he touched upon is um just, just it's. I can imagine it is nice to have like essentially two two sides of a standard DM skill project, like in 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 a house, uh, at oh, yeah. any given point and stuff like that. Um, it's it's incredibly useful. Even before he got into DM skilled writing, he was still my sounding board for everything that I did. Uh, I would just like he would get out of the the shower in the morning and come back in the room, and I'm like, honey, let me read you the two thousand words I wrote while you were on. <laughs> <laughs> A very sort of a captive audience, maybe, maybe. A little, oh yeah, yeah. So, she stuck with me. So I'm, I'm curious as well because um, it's not only um, do you um, sort of handle a fair bit of fluff writing, um, you also uh, handle a fair bit of layout as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, you have like, um, I, like as I imagine in some of the collaboration, you've sort of worked um, a kind of across across the spectrum of roles. Um, how do you how do you find again? I haven't had the chance to speak to a layout person on on the podcast yet, so I'm curious about how how you find that process. Like, what are the sort of things you look out for? Or so I feel very nervous about being referred to as a layout person because oh, it's one of the things that I took up doing kind of out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my projects, I've done the layout. Anything that I headed up, I did the layout for just out of not wanting to have to track down a layout person and hire them. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, uh, Nate Rue is an amazing mm-hmm. uh, layout artist, and we're currently working with him on an upcoming project called Tarot of Transcendent Treasures. Yep. And uh, that was partially because I was like, all right, print on demand, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And then I start reading things about color profiles, and I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah, the, so... <laughs> the, um, again, I've, I've not gone through the print on demand process, but everything I've heard... It sounds sounds daunting. <laughs> uh, daunting is an excellent word for yeah. it. Uh, I've I've been on a couple of projects that have done the whole print on demand mm-hmm. thing, and while I wasn't the one having to do the back and forth to from the creators to mm-hmm. the guild to the printers to the guild, to the, while I was the one having to deal with that, I still watched the process, and and utmost respect to everybody who's handled it before. I, I kind of signed on to do it before I'd seen the process, and now mm-hmm. I'm like. Oh man, what have we signed up for? <laughs> but uh, as far as what do I look for in layout, I I loathe the blank space. Absolutely hate it. Um, if there's like a chunk of blank space at the end of a paragraph, I either have to put an image there or I have to write an info box to go there. Yeah. And to me, one of the flexible things about being the writer and the layout person and occasionally being the artist is that I have that capability. Mm. I do get to go, uh, this page needs something. I'm going to write some fluff to go on it. Yeah. I'm going to create a table. I'm going to go make some art to go in that corner. So to me, it's it's easier mm-hmm. than handing it off to somebody and then having to look at it afterwards going, oh boy, what do we do to fill that gap? Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I'm, also, so I'm, I'm, I'm exactly in the same position where I, I, I use, um, I handle all the layout myself. But whereas... Uh, I think was it, uh, I forgot the name of the program, 
and you can use the layout. Um, what's the... Um, I know a lot of people use Affinity these days. Okay. I actually use GM Binder. Yes. Uh, which anybody doesn't know GM Binder, it is a website that uses a markup language to lay out your documents. And then you can just export to PDF from there. Um, it, it's not a professional tool. It does have its drawbacks. But the fact of the matter is, to be a free resource, it's phenomenally good you can make some great stuff with it i know that it's got a great community too there is uh yeah it is, it is it, uh, the uh, the free ones are uh, gm binder and is affinity the free one as well is that another website one i know there's another affinity website. affinity is uh pay software but i think it's okay. only like 60 bucks which okay. compared to every other layout software out there being like 150 dollars yeah. or a monthly subscription yeah. 60 bucks is pretty reasonable yeah no so actually for my layout um i use a um Overleaf, which is a LaTeX um, sort of, uh, it's for essentially it's mostly for writing academic articles, and that's mm -hmm. how I started using it. But then I found a template that I have uh, over the uh, well, I was about to say over the years, as if I've been doing this for long. I haven't <laughs> even hit a year yet. Um, Feels like it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I was literally baby faced before I started. This is all. <laughs> this is all the M skills. Um, and and that that's that, that's it's always interesting hearing other people's process, but I I hundred percent agree with you that like uh, when I fill out layer uh, sorting out layout and stuff, I, I'm doing sort of like I can move this over here. And when you are the writer and the layout and sometimes the editor as well, it's like I can just write a sentence. Um, yeah, I could just I could just put something there. And no one will yeah. know that. Like um, although I think what was it I'm working on a, a a product at the moment where I'm not the editor. Thankfully, because uh, otherwise it would be. Um, and and I've, I've, I've started moving into layout and I've done that thing where I've been adding sentences. So it is a case where like, I'm going to have to sort of send it back to get it that sort of last. Uh, yeah. Last yeah. Uh, but it's, it is interesting um, being layout. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a almost like um, stage by stage developmental process. Mm -hmm. um, and when you sort of bring, bring other sort of people in, um, it's it it's it, it is it, I think I, I don't know if it's the same for you, but when you start your first collab, it is kind of weird how those roles you go from being involved in every role to be like, oh, I've well, I've, I've written my stuff, I've handed it off, and it's very strange. Yeah. Um, I'm working on a project. I worked on a project actually uh, with mm -hmm. Onyx Path that I've, I am still under NDA with them, so I can't give a huge amount of yeah. details, but the book that's going to be coming out is called Legend Lore, and I wrote some sections for that, and it was phenomenally weird for me to write something and then hand it off, and I'm, I'm still, of course, waiting for the book to come out. It has yeah. not come out yet, so I'm just kind of sitting there like, okay, are you sure you don't need anything else from me? Like, we're yeah. done? Like, <laughs> I, I sent back the red lines, we're finished? Like, that's yeah. it? So that's uh, been a very interesting situation for me. But I have started getting into more collaborations where it's like, okay, I have to, to laser focus in on this part is mine, leave the rest alone. And I, it's like I said, it, it's equal part um, weird and it is, it's freeing. It is it's that idea it that is. like, um, you know, you've, you've, you've had your seal of approval. But then there's always that weird thing of, uh, I don't know if you've had the effect of where you, you're in quite a few collabs and it's been, mm -hmm. I don't know, two months since you've submitted. So you're like, oh yeah, I worked on that. That's, that's the thing that I did. I just... Yeah. Um, uh, Fates of the Forgotten Realms 2 just yep. came out. And I was, I was actually brought into that. Isaac and I both were invited into that midstream. And uh, 
we had been working on it for a very long time. I did not realize that other people on the project had been working on it for 18 months. So it's, it's like, oh, wow, the months that we were on it were yeah. dinky in comparison. <laughs> it's, 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 it's weird as well. I, I guess it's, it's the, the classic sort of like um, a solo project versus collaboration is the almost like each person adds, in a, each person on the project inadvertently adds a month. Not intentionally mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but I mean, there's, there's like, <laughs> feels about right. Yeah. yeah it's like, like, again, I haven't, I haven't worked it out. It's just, you know, off the top of my head. Um, but, but, and, but it's, it's, it's hard to argue the, 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 I, like, I, I, I think, let me get my words out. Uh, the end product for a collaboration always feels of a higher quality to me sometimes than mm -hmm. if, if it was something I, I just sort of worked sort of labored away by myself. Um, because you're you're able to pick and choose people for different sections. You're able yeah. to go, hey, you, you're a stat block guy. You handle all these monsters, and mm -hmm. you, you're the you're the the subclass person. You build these subclasses, and we're going to go hire a professional artist, and we're going to go hire a layout person. We're going to hire mm -hmm. an editor. So when each person is able to laser focus on their thing, everything becomes better for it because nobody's trying to having to reach outside of what they're comfortable with. Everybody's just doing what they do best. And if, if as long as the person managing the project is a good manager, it just comes together so beautifully. Yeah. And, and like that, I, I, again, I think I'm, I'm just going to have to give this podcast a slogan of collaboration is amazing just because it's a sentiment that every, every collaborator sort of echoed. Collaboration <laughs> is amazing, but at the same time, I've been doing a lot of collaborations lately and I'm like, dying to do something solo again. And I, I kind of come from the Oliver Clegg school of just get it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. And that's the thing I'm trying to drill into myself so that that last 10% doesn't just kill me. Yeah. But the idea of it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be as professional as that collaboration with 12 people on it mm -hmm. and professional artists. It's like, it's, it's not going to be on that level. But if I love writing it, and I believe in the content, and I'm passionate about the message I'm getting out there. Just get it out there. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Yeah, I, th I, th I think it's, it's interesting to hear. Um, so the first one I spoke, I spoke to JVC Parry, and he was talking about the process of um, going back to his earlier projects. Um, and it is, it's like I say, I mean, I, I think it's universal for everyone to look at their catalog of products and to see their journey, essentially. Mm -hmm. um and and I, I think as well it's like yeah with with the more products even just by the nature of doing more that you, you you get better at it whether it's you know it's a huge success or a flop it's it's get get things out there ideally you learn from everything that you write mm. every project that you put out should teach you something about the process and if you didn't learn anything new from the process, go back and take a closer look. Yeah. There's probably something to be learned there. No, I'm, I'm, I'm now trying, uh, you know, I, I make sure I regress a little bit each project. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so next project, no art. Next project is going to have like three words on the page. <laughs> it's, it's, um, speaking of, um, uh, I was about to say speaking of regression, um, but the opposite of that, speaking of improvements, um, what's something you kind of wished you knew earlier on? Uh, as you sort of started the Dean's Guild to where you are now? <sighs> Something that I wish I knew sooner. Yeah. I wish I knew about the importance of self-promotion and community. And when I say that, I, I do need to say I learned a lot about self-promoting and community from when I first joined, but so much more I've I've learned over time. And making connections with other people is vitally important. 
out. Mm -hmm. Not just like posting your stuff to the Guild Facebook or tagging the right things on Twitter, but actually on a personal level, getting to know other creators is vitally important. Because not only can they be great resources to reach out and go, hey, I know that this is really kind of your thing. Can you give me your opinion on this? Or, hey, I want to hire you for this job or invite you to this collab. But also just to, to be inspired by other people. Surround yourself with other creative people and it will make you more creative. I wish I had done more of that earlier on. But when you first enter a community like the DMs Guild, it's very easy to kind of go, oh, those are the pros. Those are the big guys. I, yeah. I, I don't belong in that crowd. It's like, you totally belong in that crowd. Yeah. I, uh, I actually just told somebody the other day, I was like, as long as you are putting out quality work, the only difference between you and a professional is whether or not you're charging for it. <laughs> so yeah. charge for it. Therefore, you are now a professional. <laughs> I must say, I, I, th I think it's all right. I, I, I... That's, I think this, the first product uh, you founded also feels like such a huge hurdle. Um, and especially the, uh, the um, especially if, if, like, again, for me, I joined the sort of community after releasing my first product. So it was more the case of like, okay, well, I've done this thing. I should probably, you know, try and engage with the community and stuff like that. And then it's sort of, sort of the case of like, oh, I've mispriced it. I've, you know, I've, 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 I've I, 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 I told the story uh, the other day when uh, my first DMs Guild product almost got took down. Because I forgot the um, DMs Guild logo on the oh. front cover. I was I was one <laughs> of those people, um, but thankfully, was I, I, yeah, I was speaking to um, Drop the Die JP Little, and thankfully he he'd done the same thing. So it's it's a it's a common thing to just sort of. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, I almost did that the other day. Uh. I was working on a cover. I'm like, yeah, that looks good. Save. Oh wait! <laughs> <laughs> it just needs like what is it, like a, a Photoshop thing where like if you're creating a thing a file called cover, it just stamps a logo on it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I actually have a Google document that's shared that's called the uh, DMs Guild Self Promotion Guide, mm -hmm. and it's basically all of the lessons that I learned from everybody else in the community. I decided to put into one Google Drive document and just throw it out there for everybody to see. And one of the things that I have thought of adding to that document is a Doc is a project checklist to go, have you done this? Mm -hmm. Have you been promoting it on Twitter? Did you put the logo on the cover? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kind of a go down this checklist anytime you're about to put a product out and it will help. And I must admit, what's it? Looking through your, um, the, the sort of guide, guide for advertisement and stuff like that, it is, it's, it's, it's a really useful tool. And, stuff like that. and Thank I, you so much. I, I think, like I said, it's 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 out there, and I think uh, it's echoed in the sort of community of like, this is really useful. Like, why, 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 like, I'm so glad someone went through the effort of putting this all together. Now, if I could just practice what I preach and follow half my own advice, <laughs> I'd be set. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's that's we can work on that in the future. Stuff like that. <laughs> they get they say was it they say they think that it gets easier with time so we'll just have to yeah. give, give it a little bit more time um so i i guess as well so i guess for i get people who haven't put their product out on the dms guild and are maybe um cautious about the process of getting the name out there advertising what's what's like a, a snippet of advice you might give them is it is it just the promote early or is it uh i definitely believe in promote early make posts on Twitter. But again, one of the issues with Twitter or things like that is if you're not already making connections, people, it's kind of like tweeting into the void. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm just going to throw this ad out here. 
And if nobody knows who you are or you're not hitting it just the right moment, it's kind of just going to get missed in the fog. So I feel like joining the community, talking to people, come to our Discord, come to the, D the Dungeon Masters Guild Facebook page or Facebook group and talk to people. Tell people about what you're working on. And some people may go, hey, I'm really excited about this. Or, hey, if you're working on that, you might be interested in looking at this. Just get that kind of involvement with the community. Because the fact of the matter is, we're all a bunch of nerds trying to turn our passion into a job. Or, or if not trying to turn your passion into a job, at least trying to get your passions out there and share them with the world. So it's, for the most part, a really supportive community. And you'll find a lot of people who want to see you succeed and want to help you succeed. So get into that community early. And I, I think as well, what I, I think it was uh, great about the community is the sort of, um, uh, I get, I, 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 there's, there's a really cool saying that I can't remember, so I'm just going to butcher. Uh, I'm going to say something completely different. Bringing everyone up. Add it in post. Add it in post. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think, what is it? The high, high tides rise all? Yes. Yeah, a lifting tide rise. Uh, a rising tide lifts all ships. There you go. That's exactly the thing. And um, so I think, what is it? I always look up to or look towards um, Adam, um, who did his uh, animals, animal sidekicks, where from the get-go he was like well let's 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 um you know bring new people in uh mm -hmm. and, and i think so much of it getting over that sort of first hurdle of a product and um at least having a um i was about to say a shelter which would be fitting for the animals <laughs> <laughs> the, the uh I, I, yeah just to sort of the, the guidance through and the thing with what is it the the rpg uh writers workshop um mm -hmm. there are so many tools out there um to help people have an easier time. Um, I wouldn't w wish, you know, uh, my first products experience on anyone. <laughs> it gets better. Yeah. I just want to tell everybody who's never done it, I promise you it gets better. It at least gets easier. You at least know what to expect. Even if you're going to have that anxiety before you hit the publish button, at least you know when it's coming. Mm -hmm. So it gets I, better. Honestly, I think the moment I, I don't have pre-release jitters the day before, I think I've probably lost my soul somewhere. <laughs> I think it's just... <laughs> Even it's like knowing it's the, the calm before the storm uh, or the storm before the storm in some cases. Mm -hmm. um, well, okay, cool. I, I guess um, keeping it on the theme of like, um, uh, well, sorry, not keeping it, bringing it back to the theme of your projects. Um, do you have a dream project that you've kind of like, like it's off in the distance that you can sort of always slowly move oh, towards? I've I've got a few dream projects. Um, I would love to do a sequel to The Lover's Handbook at some point. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to put out more information. I'd like to create some prepackaged NPCs and put those out. Um, I, I've, I've currently got a project that on occasion I go in and scribble things in. Uh, that was actually inspired by uh, Critical Role. There is a... a romance novel that they find in the the second series called tusk love okay. it has to do with like there's like a, a half like a handsome half work on the cover and everything and the idea of there being books in a world books that you can pick up and read or collect or mm -hmm. track down really kind of inspired me so i've got a collection of what i call uh uh copper novels or it's uh let's see 
uh, Copper Dreadfuls and Silver Novels. Nice. And it's based on the whole idea of the Penny Dreadful and mm -hmm. the Dime Novels of being these little cheap stories that just get published as fast as possible for, for people to pick up and read. And they're usually over-the-top dramatic and ridiculous. But I, I want to have the idea of somebody could throw one in a treasure pile and somebody's like what the heck is this and have just a little paragraph of here's a summary of this this cheesy copper no copper dreadful story that's in it and have people go wait that was book four what happened in the first three what are yeah. the other ones so I, I was so, saying, like so from from a, a venture writing standpoint the amount of times i've written the library and then just like oh it's filled to the brim with books and then it's like here are three books of notes in this entire library <laughs> to be able to be like point to something like this going oh yeah dude there's some novels read away that's yeah that's, such, no, that's, that's an awesome project that i did <laughs> it's one of those things that it's like i wouldn't say i ever like put my nose to the grindstone on mm -hmm. like that that document will sit and just languish for a month at a time and then i'll sit down one day and i'm like all right let's write three more books out of this and then yeah. of course each book is only like a couple hundred words as a mm -hmm. summary of here's what happened in this installment yeah but it's like it kind of just lets me get my my horrible cheesiness out because they, they need to be they need to be a certain special kind of bad like so bad they're good oh yeah so it, that's like my one outlet for that kind of story i mean it, it is the idea that these are books someone would put in a treasure chest just because like it's precious to them but they don't want the people to know that they're necessarily reading it it's important to me darling yeah i really relate to the characters <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, so, so uh, first and foremost is the um, potentially revisiting um, your lover's handbook, and then also second. So I'm, I'm curious, is, is it, is, is, is the sort of urge to, is it like write a sequel, um, or is it, is it the idea of to take what is like, uh, I've watched my question now, there you go, that's, that's the important one. It, so is it the idea that this second product would be a, a, a sequel? Or is it the idea that this would be a separate product that is, you know, along the same themes? I picture it being, uh, it could be a standalone. You could just pick it up and use it by itself. Mm -hmm. But I, in my mind, it's very much an add-on to the first. Yeah. Not dependent on it, but it expands on the same themes. Because one of the things that I realized after I published uh, Lover's Handbook was in my notes of basically a rough draft bullet list of here's all the things that are going to be in it, there were a couple of things that I didn't squeeze into it before mm -hmm. it went to print. And it will not print, but before it went to the website. Yeah. So there are a couple of things in there like uh, guides on how to write a love letter or things like that that I wish that I had gotten around to. So it's like, all right, you know what? This just means I have to do a sequel. Hmm. Plus, uh, I love creating NPCs. That was one of the things that I really enjoyed in uh, Great Gilded Guilds, hmm. was being able to create these guilds and create some key figures within them. And I'm like, you know what? Let's create some just drop-in characters, some some potential love interests that you can just pick up and and put directly into the into your story and go here this is a fleshed out character here's motives here's some some reasons why they might want to travel with your party and here's some ways that they can add to the party without being a combatant mm -hmm. so that's just kind of some of the stuff i've got in mind for the sequel yeah i i, I, I kind of like hearing about it more from the idea of like um where you've um I guess where you try to improve from the previous products and stuff like that, mm -hmm. or you see the gaps that previous products fills that you wouldn't you you wouldn't have necessarily known until you sort of put it out there. Um, yeah. And I, I'm curious, how have you um, 
how have you sort of reacted to the the sort of the feedback of some of these projects? Um, most of my feedback's actually been pretty positive. Yeah. There have been a couple of areas where people are like, hey, I wish I had a little bit more information about this, or I wish this was a little bit better explained. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I feel like I'm kind of cutting so many new roads that people aren't like, oh, well, you missed this. It's like, there's nothing specific that was missed unless it's like, oh, I just wish there was a little more about this. Yes. Um, so... But then I guess if if it is again, that's that's the wonderful thing about uh, DM content and stuff like that is you put enough out there for them to run with, and mm -hmm. if if there are gaps that they need to fill, then I'm sure you know they should be able to improvise. Well, that's the thing that I try to do. I try to very much give people the tools to to do it instead of just going, "Hey, pick this thing up and drop it in your world." I go, "Hey, here's the thing you can pick up and drop in your world, but if you really want to customize it or you really want to make it fit your world, here's some ways to do it." So I try to anchor all my documents in the direction of, I'm gonna show you how to do a thing, but I'm also gonna give you the tools to do it. So I'm curious about how you find the process of, um, bet between the products like um, the Love the Handbook or like your, um, uh, like Rule of Cool compared to the, um, like was it, I think 100 Reasons I Had to Go or, <laughs> or the, uh, was it 25 uh, Hangover things? The, one, the, the, the ones where it's like you have a, a finite number to work with, compared to essentially a more freeform document? So um, I had to go because mm -hmm. originally, I think I said uh, over 180 reasons. I think it's actually 193 oh, because I had, I, I, I need you to understand how short the development cycle on this book was. <laughs> I wrote the majority of this book in two or three days. Like Sorry. I just, I just sat down and just ranked through it because I was like, hey, I, I want to do this and I want to make it based on, on characters' backgrounds instead of classes because one person's fighter is so completely different from another person's fighter. I want to categorize it by backgrounds. And by having backgrounds, I knew that I had a finite number of backgrounds. Like these are the ones I want to cover. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into like the background that gets included in Curse of Strahd or the background that gets included in Tomb of Annihilation. We're gonna we're gonna stick with the the basic backgrounds. And I thought I was done. And then I realized there were things like the soldier background has a mercenary variant. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> a soldier and a mercenary are going to have very different reasons why they needed to yeah. go. So at basically the 11th hour, I'm adding new tables to this book that I had not intended to add to this book. So uh, basically that just kind of spun out as a, oh, wait, I forgot this background. Oh, wait, I forgot this. Oh, wait, this one's got a variation. So that one just kind of took care of itself. As far as a uh, hungover adventure guide, I think I put like a hundred or a hundred and one in there. And I think to some extent that was just me going, I, I, I'm going to set a random number and see if I can do it. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it's, it, I, yeah, I, I, I think everyone sort of had those, I, I, I guess like, I, I, the, I don't know whatever it is, but that, that weird flurry of creative inspiration that goes into a project. And it's it's always weird where you can't necessarily predict which project's gonna come out on. Oh yeah. Like it's... it's... 
So nobles and royalty, the one I'm working on right now, um, like I said, I basically started work on that because I realized that was the one gap that I had in mm -hmm. this random list I had not covered. <laughs> uh, so Isaac and I went down to a convention in Tampa called Lumi Convention and of uh, Lumicon, and we were running their D&D room there. And we're standing in the lobby on Wednesday, waiting to get checked into our hotel room. But because we're staff members, we have to wait on the, the con organizers to get there. Mm -hmm. And they were like an hour away. So we're like just sitting next to a pile of our luggage. And I'm sitting there with a the phone going, I really want to write a document about nobles and royalty, but I just don't know where to start. And Isaac's like, well, you could write about this. You could write about that. You could write about that. You could write about that. And I'm just sitting there taking notes. <laughs> like, yes, keep going. <laughs> And uh, so he gave me about like 15 or 20 little single sentence ideas of, hey, you could write about this thing. And throughout the convention weekend, I was emceeing events. We were both running stuff in the the D, &D room. We were both hosting panels and literally between events, I'm pulling out my tablet or I'm pulling out my phone and writing on the book because for whatever reason, Busiest weekend of the entire month is the time that I suddenly got inspired to write. <laughs> I think it was in your mind just like, I mean, it, I couldn't get much more busy, could I? So I might as well just... Oh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Fair. And, and I imagine uh, the the process of writing um, Nobility and Royalty kind of got a, a little bit more relaxed after that weekend. Uh, yes and no, because as soon as I got home, I was like, all right. I want to study things like uh, how you would address nobles of different ranks. So next thing I know, I've got like four Wikipedia tabs open on that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I really want to talk about letters patents. The whole idea of this is the document that basically uh, states your nobility. And next thing I know, I'm sitting there reading these like old English manuscripts of letters patent and trying to go, all right, how do I make this readable yeah <laughs> and is, still is it, sound fancy is there a pattern here that i can source <laughs> yeah i i that literally was it i'm sitting there trying to dissect patterns and go okay depending on what rank you are you change out this if mm -hmm. it's above this rank you use this wording. if it's below this rank you use this wording and here's where you change the names of the nobles and here's where you put the date and literally creating a build your own letters patent from these ridiculous, obnoxiously wordy old medieval letters, and it's like, wow! I thought this was going to be a relaxing project. <laughs> I, I, I think what's kind of fascinating, speaking like about your process behind writing things, is I think on the DMs Guild there is a gravi like a gravitation towards like, oh yeah, you can do monsters, you can do you know adventures, you can do like subclasses, but I, I think people don't necessarily realize the the, the potential fluff. <laughs> so far. And I, I think it, that there's, if these are things that can really enrich um, a particular environment or setting or improve a particular role-playing experience. Well, the, the crazy thing is I kind of feel like I'm getting away with something. Like everybody <laughs> else is out there writing all this crunch and everything. And then I'm out there and like, oh, you're really doing something unique. And it's like, because I'm not as comfortable with the crunch. Like I'm comfortable writing fluff. This is what I love to do. So on the one hand, I kind of feel like I'm getting away with something. Like eventually people are going to realize that I'm not working as hard as them. But at the same no, time- I, I think it's, 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 it's like I said, if anything, the opposite. <laughs> what comes easy for one person does not come easy for another person. Yeah. So I've kind of had to like hammer into my own head. It's like, this does not come as easy to other people. The same way I can't write a stat block 
this this is hard for some people so it's kind of the trade it's like there are other people out there that are creating these monsters and creating these magic items and i'm like oh yes i need this i'm creating the same kind of stuff that they're like yeah i need that at my table because i yeah. can't come up with that on my own it's no like I, I, again it's it's one of the um amazing things about the dm's guild and, and the, mm -hmm. the range of of tools out there and, and the things you can you can yeah i mean pe people need the stuff like of, across the spectrum uh, unless there's people out there creating it, and they're not going to not going to sort of get get what they need. Um, I guess okay. So I, I guess to keep it on the sort of community, um, is there is there anyone out there on the DMs Guild who particularly inspires you? <laughs> oh boy, um, this is a heck of a question because mm. there are so many people out there that inspire me. Like I mentioned about the whole like get into the community because you will just surround yourself by creative people and they will constantly inspire you. Um, the one that I absolutely have to say is I, I, I can't not mention Isaac, my husband, because yeah. I literally fell in love with him through his writing. So it would be a little difficult for me to, to not say his writing inspires. Do you, do you want to know what the, um, most, the most wholesome thing is? Is He said the same about you. In, in his, oh my his, gosh! Oh, no, oh. <laughs> I, 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 I felt like, you know, I, I, I had to say that rather than just let you guys watch each other. It's, it's too wholesome for you not to say anything. Aww. Um. So, but if I had to pick somebody other than him, yes. um, I, I want to consciously, actively make the choice to not pick anybody that I have ever worked with or been close friends with, because uh. next thing I know, I'm going to start getting into a list and I'm going to forget yep. somebody and I'm going to feel terrible. No, no so, nepotism here. <laughs> no. So if I'm just picking just out of the blue people that I have not worked closely with and I'm not already super tight friends with, I got to go with Oliver Click. I am constantly blown away by the, the creativity of his ideas and his ability to just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And a lot of it does, but he just comes up with some of the craziest ideas and follows through with them as every bit as intensely as somebody writing a very serious project. Uh, the his uh, Until the Cows Come Home was actually the first out-of-a-box adventure I'd ever run before. Everything else really? I'd ever done was my own writing or was something that Isaac had written. I'm just looking over his notes. Mm -hmm. So that was my first experience taking a boxed adventure and running with it. And it was a wonderfully fun experience. And I, I, I like I said, I'm also very impressed with his ability to just go, you know what, just get it out there, just get it out there and mm -hmm. get it out there and get to the next project. Keep, yeah. keep moving. He, he is literally like a, he's a whirlwind, I think, like, like of, of creativity and stuff like that. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, I think like, he's, he's a living embodiment of chaotic good. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's the best and way. like one of the funniest people on Twitter too, yeah. so. <laughs> and endless entertainment. Um, mm -hmm. No, I, yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's it's more to the point now. I, I think I've decided I have to get him on. Uh, I think uh, was it a few people before yeah. I've spoken about him because, I, like I said, it's 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 there, there are there are certainly there's a few people here who who clearly stand out in the community as like beacons of of whether it's chaotic good or just general wholesomeness or mm -hmm. um, I know it's 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 amazing to see them work and continue yeah. to work um, and their products always always. Uh, like one off the other, like oh yeah, no, of course that ma that makes sense. That's very on brand. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nice. Um, okay, cool. I, I guess the the the, the leading into the next question, and um, you touched on it a little bit, but are there any any projects that you can uh, reveal that you're currently working on, or what, what, what's pending? 
So the stuff that I'm currently working on right now that I can talk about is... <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I, my, my camera's so blurry. I'm just trying to... Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, the things that I can talk about right now, I'm currently up to my eyeballs and doing layout for Cursed Classes, which is a phenomenal project that I have very little to do with the writing of. So I, I get to brag on the writing by going, oh my God, you need to see all these classes and, and subclasses that these guys have made, including you, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm on that project. Yay. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, this book is going to be stunning. Um, Isaac always likes to say that he tries to find a problem and fix it. And I feel like the problem being fixed here is things like vampirism should be way more fascinating than it is yeah. in the stock book. Getting bit and becoming a vampire basically is like, okay, roll up a new character now. It's like, but, yeah. but what if you want to play a vampire? This book answers that. What if your character dies and you want them to come back as a revenant? What if mm -hmm. your character decides, I want to become a lich? Yeah. There's so many fascinating things that, that get fully fleshed out and explored in this book and i'm so hyped to see it come out there's, there's no there's there's a real sort of um good band of like uh, creators with it and i think it's for me as well it's, it's always interesting to again it's, it, it, I, I, you sort of touched on it earlier it's the idea of like you there's it's it's easy to look up to like people in the community and be like oh dude i shouldn't be working on the same person as these people they've done <laughs> they've done they've done so much um but then it's just you know from the process of collaboration you're just like oh yeah no we're, we're all still you know we're all like just, mm -hmm. just nerds, I think. We're all the <laughs> same pile of nerds. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm currently working on Nobles and Royalty as a personal product. No idea when that's going to come out because everything else that has a deadline comes first. Of course. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm working with Isaac on Tarot of Transcended Treasure, which mm -hmm. is going to be a collection of magic items ranging from common all the way up to artifacts based on all of the cards of the tarot. And uh, it's got some very interesting systems in it for how exactly you would involve the tarot in your your existing D&D games. Uh, I'm really honored to be working on the Amaroon's Almanac series. Uh, I call it the best product that I ever accidentally applied for a job with. <laughs> um, so Steve Fiddler is running that project. And I saw on Facebook, I saw like, hey, people you might know. And it's like, I'll send Steve a friend request. Mm -hmm. And about 30 minutes later, I got a message from him going, I really hoped that you were applying for the job posting. I'm like, there's a job posting. <laughs> <laughs> and Almarin's Almanac is basically taking uh, different types of biomes from all around Faerun. Uh, forests and Underdark are currently out. And the next one we're working on is Grasslands. But the whole idea of Amrun's Almanac is to take Amrun, who is the great-great-granddaughter of the wizard Elminster, and after her involvement in the, the books uh, Elminster Must Die and its sequels, basically she and her lover Arklath have decided to travel the world and see more of it. And basically it is focusing on an area like forests and going here's the kind of monsters you're going to find in forest here's the, the the flora and fauna here's new kinds of magic based on forest here's new druid circle to do deal with forests uh here's some phenomenal maps of forests and interspaced with that are Auburn's journal entries of having visited specific forests like the adi wood uh like high forest and it's, it's all put into this great book that kind of breaks down the Forgotten Realms on a granular level. Mm -hmm. Because Forgotten Realms can be very intimidating to look at as a whole because it's such a huge world. 
So to be able to take this book and just kind of focus in on a little area and go, hey, let's talk about just this part of the map and let's show you all this amazing detail and give you some plot hooks and give you some of the things that you'll find there. It's been a wonderfully fun project to work on and I've, I've been very honored to basically be the voice of Amaroon, especially now that Ed Greenwood has agreed I, to write our foreword and has been say. looking over the books. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, 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 God, oh, God. The guy who created Amaroon is now reading me writing Amaroon. What do I do? But apparently it's got his seal approval. So. I, I, yeah, honestly, I don't think there is there is not a higher seal of approval than than the actual... That was, yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's a pretty big feather in my cap if I do say be, so myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious as well. So, so in, in the process of that, uh, obviously writing the, the process and stuff like that, has he given much feedback on the documents himself? Or like, or... Uh, It's... Ed's actually amazing. Pretty yeah. much any time we're like, hey, Ed, after the spell plague, what happened to this region? Mm -hmm. Send him a message on Twitter and he writes back with like eight paragraphs. Of, oh, <laughs> well, here's what happened with it. Oh, yeah. um, we, were, we were chatting with him about a specific uh, forest and he was like, yeah, and there's uh, living magic storms through there. And we're like, we knew there was living magic in Eberron. There's living magic in the Forgotten Realms. And we're like all writing notes yeah. all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, we didn't know this. So we've, we've actually been in a lot of contact with Ed. He's wonderful about answering questions. So it's, it's been a phenomenal experience. Awesome. And uh, I, I, I don't suppose, so you've got, uh, there's obviously uh, Forest and Underdark. Um, uh, do you, uh, I take it, have, has there been announced how many more there's going to be? Or... Uh, off the top of my head, I believe there's eight. Okay, fair. Uh, it's going to be an eight-book series. There's going to be Arctic. There's going to be, I believe, Deserts. You know what? I can actually take a peek right now wow. and tell you guys. Some Unfortunately, we out. can't uh, on this end, but we're just going to have to... <laughs> yeah, but I can read them off yeah, to you. Yeah. So uh, we're working on grasslands right now. I know in the future I'm not going to list them all just in case, but yep. I know we've got mountains are definitely on the docket. Deserts are on the docket. You're, you're sort of like standard biomes and stuff like mm -hmm. what you, yeah, what you expect. We want to get very generalized with it. Mm -hmm. Underdark is about the only thing that was more uh, broad because mm -hmm. the Underdark literally stretches from one side of the world to the other. Yeah. And the, the thing that I realized in writing Underdark is there's not as much detail out there about it as you would hope. When you start getting outside of the cities, like uh, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of this, but Menzoberranzan, mm -hmm. once you start getting outside of cities like Menzoberranzan, there's not a lot written about it. You start getting this idea that it's nothing but repetitive dark tunnels everywhere. And one of the things we really endeavored to do is go, no, let's let's look at the ways these could be interesting locales. What could change about them? What could vary from location to location? And I I think that the whole team put in some great work and really turned the Underdark from dark caves mm -hmm. where scary things happen into just fully fleshed out worlds. Basically taking little tidbits and, and constantly going back and forth to Mr. Greenwood going, hey, how does this sound? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> No, honestly, it sounds like uh, again uh, you've you've had the opportunity to work on on some amazing collabs, and I think mm -hmm. it's going to be um, very interesting to keep keep an eye on these sort of products as and when they come out. Um, mm -hmm. For people who maybe want to keep in track of like they're just like what these, these things exist, I want to hear more and everything. Uh, how can people sort of like you know hear news about your work? Uh, follow me on Twitter mm -hmm. at Ashley May Writes. 
Um, we're hoping within the next month or two, Isaac and I are going to set up a Patreon. And uh, if you check out the uh, DM Skilled Self-Promotion Guide, mm -hmm. we've already got links to the Patreon and our coffee on that page. Yes. Uh, there's not a lot there in return for it, but in the next couple of months, we're hoping to really launch those and uh, start providing mm -hmm. a lot more content directly to people mm -hmm. on more of an OGL route instead of just DM Skilled. Well, um, yeah, that's, that, thank you. Honestly, I think that's, thank you so much for taking the time and having this chat. This has been, this has been honestly, I, I, speaking to both you and Isaac has been so interesting because uh, I guess it's like, it's the, I guess the type of content you both create are so different. Um, mm -hmm. And also it's people, the type of content I haven't spoken to people about. It's been sort of like adventures or items before. Um, so uh, I'm, having, I'm having a right giggle. This has been amazing. Um, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for inviting me. This has been an absolute blast. And I've, I've, I love being able to talk to other creators about this is what we do. Yeah, no, like I said, uh, again, uh, I said, well, they're welcome back anytime. Uh, I, I would probably not, probably not next week. Um, we might want to space them out a little bit, but um, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we'll, we'll say Q3, give or take. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, Let, let's, um, let's get some new things to talk about. Yeah, there you go. That's, 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 yeah, that, that's a good way to take it. Um, well, yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, I've been I've been Matthew Whitby. Um, thank you very much for listening to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Um, I still don't have a good way to end these, um, so I will just say goodbye. Bye. Like him and subscribe to him. Bye. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that in and and, and bye. <laughs>